am Debbie Scott McKenzie, and we're continuing our series on the word vulnerability. One of the things we discard by not being vulnerable is that we minimize our experiences. You see, what we have been through is truly what makes us beautiful. And I like to use examples to help us see the thought better or at least support a thought. And I remember having a trainer to help me to exercise. And I remember sometimes the excuses I would give myself. Oh man, is he coming today? Why does he have to come? Doesn't he know it's a holiday? And there's so many things that would run through my mind. And for those of us who go to the gym, might be it's, I don't want to go to the gym. All my gym clothing is dirty. Or maybe I should get a new outfit. Or it's too late. I'm going to be late for work. It's the stalling technique that you and I go through to finally commit to the decision. That nuance, that dance, that's the stuff vulnerability is made of. And when you can share that with someone else, it can be quite liberating because the truth is you still make the decision and you commit to the decision. But the dance, the nuance, the feelings that you go through to get to that place, don't minimize that. And that's the stuff that helps others. I'll share something quite personal. I remember having a miscarriage at six months and how embarrassed I was. Funny to use that word here, but I felt like a failure. And that nuanced feeling I was able to share with other wives who had had that experience. And it was so helpful and so freeing. Because to be able to use that word and to articulate what they had been feeling was so liberating. That's what we're talking about being vulnerable. You're able to help somebody else. Another example is meeting new people and making friends can make us feel vulnerable. And why is that? Because somebody has to make the first move. And most times it it seems like a one-upmanship kind of dance. I've realized I'm drawn to others by my gut or by my intuition. So I find something I can genuinely compliment the person about and then let the conversation take its course from there. Now, the art to any great conversation is to let the other person talk more about themselves than you're talking about yourself. So ask leading questions. Being vulnerable or exposing yourself to meeting new people can lead to great friendships and even a mutually beneficial acquaintance. When we hide the fears, we miss the lessons of the strength that we gain from overcoming that fear. So the last thing I would like to touch on on vulnerability is that in a relationship, it can lead to better communication, especially in a marriage. However, this art of this type of communication 
requires you to be non-judgmental and to wait on the right timing to share with your spouse. My secret place to gain that perspective is in prayer. Some people might refer to it as meditation. As I release to God my misunderstandings, hurts and confusions, joys, gratitude, I get to see my spouse through different lens, which gives me a glimpse of their attitude as I replay the scenario. And that now allows you or I to express ourselves, not in accusation, but from a place of understanding of our own feelings and the impact of the other person's actions. And that allows us to be honest in our emotions, but not needy or whining or jealous. And you know what? When we accomplish that, the sense of confidence and control we feel is exhilarating. You can say to yourself secretly, oh, I'm growing, I'm maturing. It's almost like you want to sing. So as we journey together through this landscape of introspection, and we've stopped off at the first exit of vulnerability. Email me your thoughts and your feedback. I would love to hear from you.